Well, welcome to Cyberbytes, Harshil Parrick, CEO and founder of Tromzo, a cloud-to-code AppSec security firm. How's things, Harshil? Things are phenomenal. It's Friday and the week before Thanksgiving. You know, I can't be more excited with kids not in school and work still going as uh, as expected. It's going to be fun next week. Thanks Absolutely. for having me. Oliver. No, absolute pleasure. And uh, I noticed that you, uh, given all the reschedules we've had for this, I noticed that you've got a, a brand new LinkedIn photo standing in front of the New York Stock Exchange sign. So what's uh, what's the story behind that photo? Uh, that's That was such a, such a wild experience. Uh, I remember a few years ago, I was visiting New York, more than a decade ago, I was visiting New York, and I took a, a picture of myself outside the Stock Exchange thinking, man, such an amazing institution, uh, the epitome of capitalism here, right? And couldn't have imagined that at some point we'd be inside the building going into uh, the floor, talking to the market makers and going to the chairman's uh, boardroom. But this whole experience was uh, actually organized by um, the chief security officer of Intercontinental, Intercontinental Exchange, which is the parent company of New York Stock Exchange. The CISO, uh, Steve Pugh, is a phenomenal guy. He's uh, He organized a get-together for a bunch of CISO security practitioners, uh, and I was one of the uh, few lucky ones to be invited uh, for, for that experience. So so that's the history behind it. We actually ended up doing a few interesting things. We um, I'm also a member of this group called um, uh, SVCI, which, um, which invests in cyber startups. So a bunch of us members, we were a part of that, uh, that New York Stock Exchange visit. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, it's nice to uh, be there a decade on in a <laughs> position and capacity you 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 probably never dreamt of at the time. So yeah, nice work. Well, yeah. people that haven't heard of 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 you and aren't aware of Tromzo before, um, give give us a bit of insight into kind of Tromzo and and also the the code to cloud space if people aren't familiar with that uh that category. Yeah. So look, I've been a security practitioner for pretty much all of my career. Started my first job out of college as a security engineer. You know, back in the day, racking and stacking firewalls and data centers and things like that. Eventually, I ended up becoming a chief security officer at, uh, at a tech company out in the West Coast, going through an IPO, many different acquisitions. But the the problem that I kept seeing again and again, personally, as I was building and scaling the security teams is that as security people, we found a lot of good, mature ways of finding issues, risks, vulnerabilities, things like that. But the biggest challenge remained, like, how do we actually get other people in the company to fix those things, right? So as a security person, your job is to identify risk and then manage them. So the identification of risk was sort of manageable for my teams. The mitigation or the management of the risk was, was a really big open question. We really couldn't do it. Um, so in this modern world of cloud native environments, we, we realized that there's an opportunity for us to really automate a significant part of that problem of risk mediation. So two years ago, uh, I quit my job as a security professional, as a CISO and said, you know what, let's just solve this problem ourselves there's so many interesting things that can be done now. So we started this company, Tromzo, with a mission of accelerating remediation of risk from code to cloud. And what I mean by code to cloud is like, if you're, if you're a, a security person, um, it doesn't really matter where the issue resides. Is it in the code or is it in the pipeline or is it in the cloud? It's risk is risk. 
and you got to figure out uh, ways that will help you manage it faster. So that's what we do, uh, independent of the layer of the stack. Uh, we help our customers mitigate risk, manage risk uh, from code to cloud and automate that lifecycle. Yeah, awesome. And um, I mean, you, you've got um, you've got a very interesting background as a as a security practitioner through to security leader through to CISO, um, building significantly sized security teams. So, kind of take us right back to how you got into security in the first place. Was this always a a career aspiration of yours, or did it happen by accident? What's what's the story there? Oh man, that that takes me back to a long time ago. Um, I remember I was in high school and I was visiting, you know, just you know, in my summer uh, vacations and whatnot. I would go to the local library, and I was I was always interested in tech, right? So I ended up coming across this uh, this book by Kevin Mitnick. Now I don't remember the name of the book, but Kevin Mitnick, uh, he recently passed away. He was one of the OG hackers, uh, and I I remember getting very excited about just reading into that whole world of you know uh what can you do with uh i think it was called phone hacking or freaking or something like that uh, but there's just amazing stories about the possibilities of if you think about technology from a different perspective what are the things you can do so i got very excited about this uh back in high school but at that time like you couldn't really study security right there was no uh, college degree or major you couldn't take security so I knew at that point, like I wanted to do something in cybersecurity at that point, but the closest thing to cybersecurity was networking. Um, so I majored in, in, uh, in computer networking and got my you know, CCNA and all those kinds of things way back when. Um, so that put me in the path of uh, getting into cybersecurity. And I, when I graduated from college in Kansas City, uh, there used to be a company called Fishnet Security back in the day. Uh, that was one of the biggest uh, security consulting companies at that point. And so I started my career there uh, and was doing a lot of, you know, Cisco picks, firewall installations, and then checkpoints and junipers. And over a period of time, you know, I realized that, okay, we're doing a lot of these technical implementations of things, but I didn't really understand why people make these decisions. Like, why do you have to invest in this versus that? So as a as a career trajectory, I decided that you know what, let me just get a little bit uh, above uh, the layer of technology and go into more strategy. So then I joined the big four because I wanted to be more strategic. I wanted to understand how security budgets are allocated, how programs are run, how prioritization happens, what's in the mind of a security decision maker. So I spent a few years there uh, in the advisory practice of one of the big four consulting companies in cyber. Um, and after a few years, I realized that, you know what, this is great. Consulting is awesome. I get to see all these different environments. But after a few months, I have to leave and I don't get to own anything. And this kind of sucks. Like you put in so much work and hard, uh, hard work in this and you don't get to call it, you know, your own baby. Uh, so then I decided to quit consulting and join the corporate world as a security person. And eventually... Um, uh, ended up being a CISO at a at a company, so that was my journey into you know starting uh, uh, you know getting inspiration from Kevin Mitnick and books, and eventually uh, leading a security function. Yeah, awesome. And it's it's interesting you touched on the on the consulting piece because you're you're right. You kind of come in, you do the middle or well the beginning or the end of a project, but you rarely do the 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 entirety. But then on the on the flip side you get exposed to so many different environments that after a couple of years in consulting, 
in some firms, it's the equivalent to 10 years of working in one individual corporate company. So yeah. you probably came out a, a hell of a much round, more rounded security professional than just having worked in-house. Um, and the the Kevin um, the Kevin Mitnick book, I, I think probably, I don't know exactly which one you're referring to, but I'm sure it prompted a lot of people reading it to potentially dabble on slightly the wrong side of the, the line. Was uh what 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 made you want to go down the route of stopping the adversaries and and staying on the on the white side? Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at the at the end of the day, when you're a kid in high school, you want to explore all kinds of different things, right? So I've I've had my own time in 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 both sides of the uh, of the line, uh, but eventually, obviously, as a as a profession, uh, you know. There, there was just a lot of demand for cybersecurity, even when I was starting. Just, um, uh, I, I didn't want to go into, um, you know, software development. I felt, I mean, I tried it. I felt like it's not my thing, um, and uh, cybersecurity was just much more exciting, and it paid well. You know, it was a, it was a good career choice, uh, even retros retrospectively thinking. I think it, it made a lot of sense. It was just. A lot more opportunities, good pay, you know, it's just a good career progression, a lot of demand, and it's just exciting work to me. Yeah, no, great stuff. And so you said the the, the software engineering side wasn't, it just wasn't your thing. Um, so when you came, so you, you, you've you been a CISO, you've led security teams, you've got the idea that, oh, there's a much bigger problem that I can be solving here, and I've got an idea of how to do it. If you weren't the engineer, how did you kind of, bring a team together to to start developing what is now Tromso in the in the very early days yeah look I mean just because it wasn't my thing didn't mean I didn't understand it I did understand how it works uh, I also recognized that's not my sweet spot so the first thing I did was before starting the company I had to find somebody who's passionate about that who would compliment me because I know that's not my sweet spot so uh, the the, the 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 most important thing I think the best decision I made was not to start Tromso by myself. Uh, find a co-founder who was very complimentary in my skill set. And my co-founder actually he comes from a very deep software engineering background. So he's the CTO. He's built enterprise software before. He knows how to grow and build teams. That's not my uh, forte, and he's he's really good at it. So I think together we we are a, a very complete team because we are building enterprise software and. The unfortunate reality is most CISOs don't actually know how to build software, or at least not enterprise-grade software. Um, so, so we complemented that gap in my skills. Yeah, awesome. And was it was it an easy an easy pitch to your 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 CTO, or did it take a bit of convincing to kind of get him bought into the idea and 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 kind of leaving and his his full time role and starting? Yeah, it was very easy. No, I'm just kidding. It's uh, it wasn't an easy pitch to myself either, you know, because at the end of the day, look, we as long as the the founding team understands and recognizes that what you start with may not be the same idea uh, or the same implementation uh, that you might have be uh, begun with, um, as long as you're in alignment with that, I think you, you'll be okay. So, and that's uh, the same pattern that we followed. Like, look, we we had a few different ideas. But uh, just because it was a problem for me or my co-founder doesn't mean it's a problem for the vast majority of the market. Or uh, just because we feel that that's a very painful problem doesn't mean there will be hundreds of customers who would pay 
you know, six figure dollars in uh, in solving that pain point. So we had to go through the journey of market discovery, really understand what that pain point was. Yeah. We honestly talked to more than a hundred different security teams um, across, you know, East Coast, West Coast, uh, Europe, uh, to really identify what is that underlying common theme that we can actually solve. Um, and through that discussion, through those discussions and that journey of just understanding we we actually pivoted a few times, and this was all before starting the company, right? So, so our our ideas, our um, our value proposition, all of those became much more simpler, much more clearer to us through that journey, um, and and that was the thing that both me and my co-founder did it together. It was not me going through that journey by myself or my co-founder going through that myself, himself, uh, and then coming together. It was us, the two of us, learning through those discussions over a period of time. And then fast forwarding a. Uh... Uh, a little bit. Uh, Tromso is now is now a thing. You're you 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 left your full time jobs. You're you're working full time at Tromso. When you came to kind of getting your first customers, was that a case of selling it for dollars straight away? Was there a free version? What what was the 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 kind of strategy and approach for getting those those first customers and those first case studies on the board? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think. We one of the things that we decided to do very early on is be very very customer centric. So we started our first design partner uh, in month number four of starting the company when we didn't even have a real product. It was two web pages and some backend code, right? So it was very very uh, bare bones, and our our design partners knew it. So our design partners they bought into the vision of what we were trying to solve for. So they hundred percent agreed that. That is a problem they wanted to solve. They believe that we are the right team to actually help them solve the problem. So we made sure that we don't burden them with a lot of work, but also get the right feedback from them. We didn't charge them any money because honestly, it money didn't matter at that point. Their feedback, their time was more important than anything else. So our first three customers, uh, we had a, we, we, I mean, we worked with them for I believe five to six months without charging them anything uh, other than their time. But eventually, when the product came to a point that, okay, now there's it's got some meat on the bones and we can actually go and sell, um, that's when we converted them into paid customers. And, and every single one of the design partners, they converted into a paid customer. And we still have all of them today. We've written them. Yeah. Well, testament to the product that was built in the early days then, um, that they they stuck with you. And then, so you're now, is it 20, 26 people in total? 27 people. That's correct. Seven. Yep. So what what was the once you'd kind of got got some cash in, whether it was the, the the seed round, what what did you start investing in first? What teams did you see as being most critical to help scale? Yeah. Yeah. So the absolute first things in the first year is uh, to build a product. Right. So you need engineers um, and uh, that's pretty much 100% of our investment in the first year, only software developers, that's it, right? And because, you know, the founders are the product management team, the founders are the sales team, they are the marketing team. So we didn't invest in anything else. But once we knew that, okay, we had a product that we can sell and we've got some, you know, paid customers, uh, both me and my co-founder, we were selling the product ourselves and talking to more people, just trying to figure out that messaging, the positioning and how do you sell it? Uh, so at some point we said, okay, let's now uh, try and see if somebody else can sell this. Now we know we can, but can somebody else? So then we hired one salesperson and one marketing person uh, to help us figure out like, what is that right messaging? How do you 
um, how do you build a website that makes sense to a lot of people? How do you, uh, you know, be at events and talk about uh, the company, the product and the, the problem and the solution? So we, so we made small investments in that just to be sure that, okay, now that we have another salesperson, we can actually repeat, repeat that process and somebody else can sell it. Once we had success for those people, then we added more salespeople just to, um, to scale that. So now we have a team of BDRs, we have a team of sales reps, we have a VP of sales. Uh, all of that was in the interest of validating that repeatability. Like, okay, the founders can sell. Can one person who's not the founding team, can that person sell? Now can five people sell the same thing in a, uh, with very consistent messaging, consistent repeatability? So that's where we are right now, where we have uh, you know a small size team. It's not very large, but we've got a few BDRs, few reps and, and uh, VP sales and a, a few people in marketing to, uh, to help expand that message. Yeah, awesome. And for for a lot of founders, especially founders that haven't come from a direct commercial or vendor background like you have coming from industry, one of the one of the biggest learning curves is right now I need to understand go to market. I need to hire and manage go to market teams. How did you cope with that? Was that a, a struggle in the early days, having to all of a sudden lead a sales team? Um, it was not, but it was a big learning experience. You know, it's it's something very new. I mean, founding a company is a very new experience, right? So uh, doing everything from signing a lease to the office to changing the toilet paper in, in the restroom, you know, you got to do it all, right? As a founder, you, you got to take the trash out. You got to do it all. Everything is new. Um, so the, the foundational thing that's got to be very, very important top of mind is you're going to do a lot of new things. You need to surround yourself with people who've done that before so you can learn it. Um, and constantly talking to people who've been that sales leader, marketing leader, product leader, engineering leader, just to understand what's what's um, what's around this next left turn so you don't get punched in the face by an unknown thing. Uh, you you, you, you got to watch out, right? So that was the thing. It was just constantly learning about new things. And uh, honestly, I mean, will I do something different the next time around? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there will be a few few things that we'll, we'll probably do differently. Um, but um, I think that's it's still, it's still the same theme even today. Like as we go from, you know, zero to 20 customers, 20 to 50 to 100 customers, we will run into new challenges. And that's it's uh, we'll just have to keep learning. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, managing a sales team is very different than managing a team of security engineers. Uh, and uh, the good thing is we recognize it, that it is different. So let's be open and honest to ourselves uh, and, and talk to as many people who are very good at this. It's finding the people that understand who they're joining as well. It's that you're not joining someone who has got years of experience running sales teams, but we'll give it a shot. And as long as they are buying into the the story and and the, the the situation at least they know what to expect as well um yeah and you have some interesting marketing points of your own so i mean you've just just hired your new cmo chris hegum um so fantastic hire there um but then you've also got your your own podcast um which has got a, a great number of episodes as well so what was what what was the idea behind that yeah you know the 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 reason we started this company is because we felt that there was an unsolved pain point in the market and nobody was talking about it. Uh, we know that this is a pain point that most teams are facing, but most teams did not actually know that this is a solvable issue. 
So the challenge that we had in front of us is like, okay, how do we put, how do we connect those dots together? This is a pain that everyone is feeling. There's a potential way to solve it, but nobody knows about the solution. So our podcast was a way to establish that thought leadership saying, look, you all, we'd recognize that this is a pain and there are ways of how other teams have solved it. These are the things. So we want to share this knowledge of this existing pain. How can this be solved? What are some of the best uh, people in the industry who have tried to do this? And by the way, Tromso is aligned in the same space. So we are establishing ourselves as um, as um, as as a group of people that are bringing some of the best minds in this space together to help you solve this real problem. And this is honestly less of a marketing initiative. It's more of just connecting the dots and and being there for the industry that uh, that is feeling this pain point. And I can't even tell you, like so many people come out to me and said, holy cow, man, this episode of this person from this company, you were talking about this particular thing in this minute. That's exactly what I did in my team. And it, it worked really well. So it's not something that we did as a product company or as a vendor, but it's more about sharing the knowledge that other people have already figured out how to solve this thing, right? So um, that's really what we want to do. And it's helping us, you know, in a, in a way, just uh, get this visibility out there, establish ourselves as um, as a thought leader in the space. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And uh, part of the reason we do ours, they're, uh, they're a lot of fun as well. You get to, you get given a reason to talk about things that you wouldn't necessarily be talking about in normal cost conversations or customer conversations. So yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're enjoyable to do. Um, and talking about one of the other things that you do as well on the, 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 the SVCI side. Um, so you are one of the co-founders of, of that group. Um, so where, where did the idea to, cause this was before Tromso, wasn't it? A, a, a few years before Tromso. So when, when did you decide that you wanted to get involved in kind of seed investments and, uh, helping other startups grow? Yeah. So, you know, it, this all came out from, uh, from a conversation with, uh, with Oren Younger. Oren is with GGV Capital. He's a phenomenal guy. He's a force of nature. But we were all talking about uh, brainstorming these ideas. Uh, I think it was 2017 or 2016, 17 timeframe. Bunch of CISOs, we were all sitting together and we were like, hey, look, there's a, there's a lot of startups in the cybersecurity world that are doing interesting things. But a lot of them are building solutions that are so much on the periphery of what CISOs actually need or security teams actually need that they, the, 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 the folks who are living and breathing these problems, we need to help them figure out what is the right problem to solve and what is the best way that is mutually beneficial for the security teams so that we can solve the problems, but also helps the founders saying like, hey, this is a better way to solve this problem that'll get you commercial traction and whatnot. So we built this group of people who are very passionate about giving back to the cybersecurity community uh, and and really helping uh, startups build the right product the right way early on. Um, so while uh, while helping the startup community, we also wanted to see if we can actually monetize that, right? Monetize that help. So, so we built this syndicate uh, and the idea was that we'll bring some of the most forward-leaning security leaders who want to help out and be engaged with the founding uh, teams at startups and help them really build out effective startup uh, startups and security solutions. So, so we brought this group of people together, and uh, the the core mission was uh, just to you know build this very very strong group of uh, brain trust that can help 
the founding teams and we've had some phenomenal success so far we've we've um this is a very very difficult environment economic climate our portfolio at SVCI is doing phenomenal really really well and i attribute a lot of that to um you know the the portfolio companies building the right solutions with the right you know and selling it to the right people and getting the feedback from the security uh, community itself yeah awesome. so, so. There, uh, am i right in saying there's over 50 of you in the in the syndicate now yep it's close to 70 yes 70 wow yeah it's uh grown tremendously then and what what are some of the kind of success stories from a investment and portfolio yeah, I, I don't want to name names, individual names, I and mean, we can have, uh, uh, you know, if you go to SVCI website, there's a listing of all of the portfolio companies, but there have been examples where we uh, invested and helped the company all the way from seed funding, and now they are multi-billion dollar valuation companies, uh, which is which is great, uh, not just for the, you know, the SVCI group as a, as, as a credibility, but also the individuals who invested in them, they stand to make a little bit of money, right? And uh, uh, it, it's overall great investments, um, and uh, I think this this SVCI the, the group of people at SVCI are just phenomenal in um, in helping the startups. Mm. And there's got to there's got to be a huge amount of credibility when when those founders are pitching and in customer meetings if they've got SVCI in their investor list, then that's got to add a, a, a ton of credibility. If, 100%. A lot of CISOs yeah. are putting their name to that company. It's uh, it's more than just a VC name. So, 100%. awesome. Um, and I mean, what we are coming to the very end of uh, of of twenty twenty three now. So interesting year for uh, a lot of tech, not just security. Um, but what what should people be excited about about what's next and what's coming up in twenty twenty four for for you guys in Tromso? For us at Tromso, look, I think the the space that we operate in, it, it is getting a tremendous amount of traction. Gartner called us as a, as a brand new category, put us in the top of the hype cycle um, and all of that for a reason, right? As a practitioner, you know, Gartner is great for certain uh, segments of enterprises, not, you know, uh, and, and there's, a, there's a way that they develop their opinion, which is after conversations with a lot of the industry folks. And um, what we are excited about is the space is very, very uh, strong, even in this economic climate. So I can't even imagine if next year is, is, is getting better from an economy perspective in general, our space will be even more exciting. We are, uh, we're in the ASPM space, Application Security Posture Management. Uh, love these acronyms, by the way. Um, but uh, but it's um, it's a very exciting year for uh, us. I mean, we are we are one of the leading companies within this space. It's a small market right now, but it's set to explode over the next uh, couple of years. I'm very excited about going through that journey of uh, growing the business, growing the company, and really defining and shaping the market. And we've already captured a vast majority of the market, but um, as the market grows, we'll we'll grow with it. Can't wait to follow the journey. Well, Harshil, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, this might go out after Thanksgiving. So in that case, I hope you've had a good Thanksgiving by the time this goes live. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me here, Oliver. Pleasure. Thanks, man. We hope you've enjoyed this latest episode of Cyberbytes, the podcast. Please give it a thumbs up, subscribe and tell your friends. 
If you want to explore being a guest or how Aspiron Search can help you build high-performing security and go-to-market teams, then get in touch on LinkedIn or info at aspironsearch.com.